This is Change for Your Dollar podcast with John Putnam. We have another great episode today of Change for Your Dollar, where we have conversations and talk about the blessings and burdens around money and faith and life. I'm your host, John Putnam. Hey, it is good to be with you today. And I'm going to start off our podcast today talking about a state fair. I mean, I don't know if you like state fairs or not. I love them. And every year, and usually in the fall, state fairs open up to millions and millions of fans, state citizens who want to come and just celebrate what's going on in their state. And everybody comes for different reasons. You know, so many times people come for the food, you know, the French fries, the dusted elephant ears. And also, I've never figured this one out, but what is it about a state fair that makes people want to eat a full-sized turkey leg? (laughs) Now, I've just not figured that one out. Now, of course, I have had the turkey leg at the fair, but I just don't get it. It's the only time of year or any time in my life I've ever eaten a turkey leg. All right, I digress. Other people come for the music. You usually get to see some really great artists at a state fair. And, of course, the exhibits, whether it be animals, livestock, agriculture, you get the picture. People just come to know what's going on in their state, experience that with their family and their friends. But there's one other reason people come to the state fair, and this is what I want to talk about today, and that is, don't you love to play the carnival games that are at the fair? Well, young and old, whether you are seeing a prize that you want to try to win for yourself, whether you are in competition with a buddy, or whether you want to win a prize for the one you love. I mean, what shows love more than a life-size pink teddy bear? (laughs) Well, years ago, the Chicago Tribune wrote about how the FBI did a study into a specific carnival game, and you're going to know the one. It's the game where you have to toss a small plastic ring onto the top of the mouth of a large plastic bottle. Well, they found that the odds of winning this game get this, between 500 and 800 to 1. Now, it's not rigged, it's just difficult. You see the lightweight plastic ring, right? The material it's made of and the diameter of the ring is just big enough to go over the neck of the plastic bottle top. And when those two plastics hit against each other, well, guess what? They have a tendency to bounce off. This is what we would call in the business world a profit-making environment. (laughs) And not for the player, but for the host. And if you're getting 10 rings for a dollar, you would likely spend between 50 and $80 to win the 4 or $5 prize. Now, other examples, you know, the basketball game where you have to hit some free throws. Well, the distance is a little longer. The hoops are a little higher. And a lot of times they'll put nets behind the hoop. That affects your depth perception. And the BB gun game where you've got to shoot out the red star. Well, once a hold gets made in the paper, the paper has a tendency just to fold back rather than tearing away. And then, of course, the dart game where you've got to pop balloons. But some balloons are more inflated than others, and the 
darts tend to bounce off the softer ones. You probably already are getting the point here. And that these games at the fair have unique hidden influencers that affect the outcome in their favor. Well, that is until you know what to look for in each situation and decide what you will do about it. And once you know the influencers of the game, it doesn't guarantee you will win, but it definitely increases your chances of being successful or (laughs) walking away and avoiding a likely loss. Either way, they're still fun to play. Well, that's what I want to talk about today because every person listening to this, me included, have unique hidden influencers around our financial choices that affect the outcomes. And over the years, what I've found is that very few people understand their own behaviors that can occur without a full appreciation of the power of what's happening in and around them and the effect on their financial choices. And I want to share a few terms with you today. And these terms may be new to you, but I want to share three behaviors that have been affecting people like you and me for years and years and years. And this not only affects our money choices, but many other areas of our life as well. And I'm going to share three financial behaviors and some corresponding scripture with them that gives you a little bit of an introduction to these and maybe even prompt you to want to learn a little bit more about them. Financial behavior number one, mental accounting. This may be the most common financial misbehavior of all. Think about the way that your money is received into your life. Well, you can earn money. Well, you can receive money as a gift. What if you get a bonus at work? What if you get a tax refund? Interestingly, most people think about each of these different sources of money very differently. So, If you think about what you use your monthly income for, most people say it's, well, it's for my personal expenses. I pay for housing and food and electricity and internet and all my living expenses and saving and giving and investing. It's really that money that we use to sort of make our financial lives work. But if you ask people, what do they do with money they receive as a gift? They may use that money for something differently. Or if you ask, well, what do you do with the money that you receive as a tax refund, if you were to get a tax refund? Well, many people use that very differently than they use their earned income. Or what if you get a bonus at work? And many people use that differently. So here's the question. If God is provision, which I believe he is, and you're receiving money in a variety of ways, Aren't all of these dollars created equally? I mean, shouldn't they all be treated the same? Well, that's what is the real issue behind this financial behavior. And that is, is that we tend to treat money differently based on the source of where the money comes from. Colossians 3.23 ESV reads, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. And obviously, this includes how we use our money and our financial resources. So the source of the money may change, but the purpose of our money never does. Financial behavior number two is framing. Pay attention to the way financial questions are posed or how you even pose them to yourself. 
We are confronted with thousands of marketing messages every day. And I truly believe that the marketers know us better than we know ourselves. So start paying attention to the way that questions are posed as you watch a commercial or you see an advertisement on social media. They are designed to disrupt. They're designed to create discontentment and create a need. That just so happens, the product they are selling will be able to solve. But interestingly, the same question can be asked in different ways and you get very different answers. I was serving on a behavioral finance committee years and years ago, and I posed this question to the group related to this financial behavior of framing. And I'm going to ask you the same question I asked the committee. Could you give away 20% of your income today? Now, most people would quickly say no, that they could not give away that much money. And then I flipped the question. If you had to, could you live on 80% of your income? Well, interestingly, most people would say yes. Now, it would be tough, of course, but they would say yes. Well, I'm asking the same question. The first way, you're giving away 20%, so you're only living on 80%. The second question is just asking, could you live on 80% if you had to? Either way, you're going to be living on 80% of your income. In Genesis 3, 1, we see the serpent framing a question. The scripture reads, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say, You must not eat from any tree in the garden? And you know how the story continued from there. So when it comes to answering financial questions, whether they're being posed to you or whether you're asking these questions of yourself, always compare your answers to God's truth and you will always answer wisely regardless of the question. And financial behavior number three is status quo bias. Or in simpler terms, we refer to this as following the herd or following the crowd. We see this in various areas in the financial landscape. Many times around investing, we see crowd movement and people following the crowd. Certain shopping days every year, there's lots of crowd movement and lots of excitement, and you tend to get caught up in that excitement. When we follow the crowd, we can let the crowd override what we believe to be true. And when that happens, we can lose our bearings and our confidence in the midst of that crowd movement. The simple question is, can a certain crowd be wrong and we be right? Well, the answer is absolutely, especially if it is rooted in Scripture and God's truth. In Exodus 32, 1-4, we see the crowd moving in a powerful way. It reads, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered them, take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. 
Of course, this crowd was headed in the exact wrong direction. The point is, if the crowd moves, only follow if they are headed toward Christ. Otherwise, stand your ground and you will be glad that you did. Just like the carnival games we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, these silent influencers around us are very real and they can wreak havoc on our financial lives. And when it wreaks havoc on our financial lives, it's only a matter of time till it bleeds over into our personal lives, our relationships, our vocation, and more. So the first step here is understanding that they exist. And the second step is watching out for them as you're making your financial choices. We will talk about these financial behaviors and more as time goes on, as we continue to pursue being wise and faithful stewards of all that God has put in our hands. You've been listening to Change for Your Dollar podcast with John Putnam. Thank you for joining me for Change for Your Dollar, where we have real conversations exploring the burdens and blessings around money, faith, and life. For more tools and resources, please visit changeforyourdollar.com. I'm John Putnam. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to being with you again next time.